We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, Atlanta, GA, this is indeed the Run ATL Podcast. Presented by Big Peach Running Company, I am your host, Mike Cosentino. Once again, I'm joined by our digital doctor and our master mixer. He's our executive producer and he's my friend and co-host, Dolomite Dave Martinez. And D2, this is a special episode. It's our first ever AJC Peachtree Road Race edition of the Run ATL podcast. Pretty cool. Very cool. I mean, this is the largest event uh, the city of Atlanta has all year round. Uh, I think the only thing that would top that would be, you know, getting the Super Bowl back here into Atlanta. So to have, you know, that many people out on Peachtree, that many spectators is pretty incredible to have that uh, every single year. It is indeed. And for those of us who are run ATL, we understand why there would be an entire broadcast dedicated to the world's largest 10K and as D2 said, the largest event that Atlanta hosts each and every year. But some of you may be doing this race for the first time and maybe for the first time and you're new to Atlanta. And even though we can tell you this race has been taking place in our own backyard every year since 1970 on July 4th, you may not understand why we would dedicate an entire podcast to it. So let us just give you a little sense of how big this is. There are 60,000 participants. Yeah, and 150,000 spectators, which to me blows my mind that there's that many people lining the streets of Petrie. And it's so cool when they're, when they're cheering, us, cheering us on. There are over a half a million recyclable paper cups that are used along the course and in Piedmont Park. Yeah, and, and, and everyone will appreciate this. There are over uh, 2,500 portable toilets. That is something. With all those recyclable paper cups and an aid station every single mile, that only makes sense. But we could get lost in the numbers. I mean, we could impress people and perhaps even overwhelm people with the numbers. But rightfully so, this is also an event that has individual meaning, meaning that every single person who's done it in the past, whether they do it every year or last year might have been their first. There's just something that they take with them. The memory lasts well after the July 4th holiday. So let's think about that for a second. And D2, what about a moment that has impacted you that you would connote is your Peachtree Road Race experience? Uh, there's so many, but I think one of the ones that, that I recall is I was helping a friend of mine uh, train for the Peachtree. And you know, uh, her and her husband were going to run it and I was training her and, you know, there's a little bit of the competitive spirit, you know, as you're kind of, you know, and I didn't realize that they had, um, discussed that they were going to try to beat me to the finish. That, that was the goal. I was so they were working together, they were the working husband to- and wife, probably better than them working against each other. Right, right. And, uh, so, you know, so they go ahead and they, they said, okay, we're going to work together and we're just, we're going to beat, uh, you know, Dave and, uh, you know, once you know, we took off, I kind of realized that th- something was going on because she wasn't maintaining the pace that we had decided we were going to do. She started running up ahead. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And, uh, you know, not knowing the course and this being her first piece tree, you know, she rounds that quarter on, uh, on 10th Street and you see the, the line, you know, with uh, the photographers. And, of course, many, many people think that this is the finish line. So here she is and she's like sprinting, like that's the finish line and gives it her all. And, and I'm like going... 
I know the finish line is like another point two from here. I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, just hang out, whatever, and and you know, and then, you know, she, you know, you know, spends all her energy, and of course, and I'm just kind of cruising past her, like, there's more, you know. So that was a nice little kind of story that I, I think, you know, we give each other still a hard time about that, and uh, but it was fun because it brings out that competitive sure. spirit. It's a, it's a good kind of memory, and I think it's a great tip for those that are running it for the first time. Don't get confused. Don't think that where the photographers are at, that's the finish line. You still got another point two to go. That is it. It was. I was thinking there are a lot of people out there who hear your story and are smiling because they've made that same mistake or they know exactly where you're talking about and you already rolled that into a great piece of advice and that is when you see the photographer's columns and the bridge overhead where they're doing much of the shooting for the final stretch to Piedmont Park. That's not the finish line. There's no indication that says finish, but there are many people who kind of pull up thinking, oh, I made it, and they do have another couple of attempts of a mile to go. For me, it's interesting. For Big Peach Running Company, I'll never forget, and there were a number of years where I'd taken the time and trained to ensure that I had a relatively low number and I was subseated, and I'll never forget when I was not at Big Peach Running Company, before Big Peach Running Company was incepted and being up at the front and just turning around and having made my way through such a large number of people, what struck me and what I think is such an embodiment of Atlanta and the surrounding area and why this is such a great place for a pedestrian active lifestyle was the diversity, the age, the race, the body types. 60,000 people, no matter what is happening, is going to bring a a bunch of different people together perhaps but when you think about a road race that is not easy july 4th it is really hot this course is not a personal record course with what you have to do in the back half but to bring all these people together and to turn around and just i still have the image as it just burned in my memory as to how different everyone looked but with such a singular purpose and it was so so cool and quite frankly is still one of the primary reasons that big peach running company exists today. Now, here's one other thing that I'll say. There are statistics and there are details and there is trivia that a lot of people do not know. So I'm going to put you on the spot, D2. I'm going to give you a quick trivia question before we introduce our guest today. So outside of the state of Georgia, and one of the things that also indicates very, very clearly what a terrific place to go for a run Atlanta is, not surprisingly, the state of Georgia sends the most people to the starting line, many of them that come from the greater Atlanta area. But behind the state of Georgia, what state traditionally is the second largest contributor to the participant roster? I would think it would have to be one of our neighboring states, so I'm going to go with Florida. My goodness, this guy knows his stuff. That is correct. I don't know if we gave everybody enough time to think about it, but outside of a few other neighboring states that would be good guesses, it is the state of Florida as the second largest state represented at the Peachtree Road Race. Well, here's one thing we're going to represent. We had the good fortune of sitting down with Jay Holder, who is the director of marketing for the Atlanta Track Club and intimately involved in this race. Jay, for a long time, was up in New York. He was part of WABC, worked in the television industry, spent a lot of time working with and for the New York Roadrunners and what is a very well-known marathon, the New York City Marathon that occurs every single year. The Atlanta Track Club convinced him to come south and to begin applying his trades around this event and the membership at the Atlanta Track Club. We are so glad that he did. But he has a tremendous amount of experience, over 15 years of 
experience in big, top-notch, world-class, and very well-known events and is now working at the Peachtree Road Race. But when D2 and I made a little bit of a road trip down to the Atlanta Track Club offices, we elected not to ask Jay the same questions that perhaps everyone else would. There is so much information that you can find, rightly so, and we would suggest that you do that, especially if this is your first race, the first time that you've done the Peachtree Road Race or your first 10K. At the same time, we wanted to ask him some unique questions, and that's what we did, and we knew no one would be better suited to answer than what Jay would. So right after this break, you're going to hear our featured conversation with Jay Holder. They're back. The limited edition Peachtree Road Race Run ATL will be available in stores and online starting June 1st. Celebrate our nation's independence and the world's largest 10K with these great looking shirts. New this year, we're offering a tea and tank printed on Mizuno Performance Apparel. Don't hesitate as these will go quickly. Hurry to your local Big Peach Running Company location or order yours online at bigpeachrunningcode.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We mentioned in our intro that we had a special treat as part of our Peach Tree episode this time. And we do indeed. In fact, D2 and I have made a little bit of a road trip. We're at the Atlanta Track Club offices and we have Jay Holder, the director of marketing with us. And he's going to help us properly celebrate the impending running of the 48th 48th AJC Peachtree Road Race. Of course, it's on July 4th, and, and, and for sure, Jay, there's already a terrific amount of information that has been published about the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Some of it, quite frankly, is rightfully pulled back out year in and year out because it's just really good content that people need to know. There's always a lot of first-timers. But with us having the good fortune of speaking with you today, we're not going to go through all of that information. We're gonna try to dive into something new, maybe some things that are less known. We know you are an authority. We know you are intimately involved in this race. So just ask you the same questions that everybody else does or to have you regurgitate the same information that gets put out there by others. But But I rehearsed all those things. You rehearsed all those things. Well, good, then this first I have my cue cards. What am I gonna do? Well, goodness gracious, it's perfect because the first question I will ask is knowing that we're not gonna spend our time together going through all those details, what is the one thing that you say over and over again but cannot be said often enough. Train. Train. <laughs> don't just show Train. up. Don't just show up. Don't roll out of bed on July 4th and say, I ran 10K last year. I'm, I still have that on my legs. I can do it again because you can't. <laughs> so it's, you got to respect the distance. And if, whether you're out there to, to walk or to run, to set a PR or to just cross the finish line, and you, you've got to log a couple of miles sometimes, sometime between now and July 4th. And I know that you and Amy and, and the team of run leads as part of the Atlanta Track Club training program mm-hmm. not only are suggesting that advice every single week, perhaps multiple times per week, but you're also on a little bit of a mission to make training meaningful. If you were going to say, now here, with train being that advice, I would say again and again and again, what are a couple of training tips that you would give us that also are applied to almost everyone who's going to toe the line. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, that, that there are a lot of things that the guys who are going to be running 27, 28 minutes for 10K do that somebody who's going to be running an hour for 10K should do too. And then that's and, and they seem obvious, but they bear, as you say, they bear repeating. Practice the hills. Cardiac hill is no joke. It's a, it's it hits you at three miles into the course, so go out there and get some runs on cardiac hill. 
Take a couple of runs in the heat. Uh, safe bet that it's going to be hot and humid on July 4th. So maybe get a couple of miles in after the sun comes up just to get your body acclimated to that. But, but as you said, we don't want you just running on July 4th. We don't want you just training for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Our mission here at Atlanta Track Club is to have people walking and running year round. We want this to be the beginning of or part of your running journey. So, you know, having that familiarity with strapping on your running shoes, your walking shoes and getting out there day after day is something that, you know, I think that is applicable to all 60,000 people in the race. And we hope that, that everyone takes that advice. So that's awesome and awesome for D2 and I, given the fact that we talk at Big Peach Running Company about a pedestrian active lifestyle. And without shortchanging anyone who's going to be in Piedmont Park and rightfully get the t-shirt because they completed the entire distance, doing the race on July 4th and nothing after that or no training before that is not really a lifestyle. It's a day of accomplishment. <laughs> right. We're celebrating, but when we talk about a pedestrian active lifestyle, I love hearing that Atlanta Track Club mission. Well, we, we talked about, before we started recording, we, we talked about what is success, right? What is success for us? So success is obviously everything going off on July 4th without a hitch. Success is people being, you know, seeing the familiar traditions that they're used to crossing the finish line that they've seen year after year for 48 years. Success is adding something new and exciting into this July 4th tradition for so many people. But what really is the measure of success is seeing these people who finished the AJC Peachtree Road Race come back for the PNC Atlanta 10 miler, come back for the Thanksgiving Day half marathon, come back for the Big Peach Sizzler on Labor Day. Just seeing these people fall in love with the sport or continue to express their passion through, for the sport uh, beyond Peachtree. So that's a, a great segue. And, and Jay's right. Before we did turn the mic on, we gave him a little bit of a preview of how different our questions might be than others that he oftentimes get asked. And we said, well, what does the Atlanta Track Club think about success? And what you've just demonstrated, what you've just indicated so clearly, and what I think all of us could take maybe personally, not just for us doing the Peachtree Road Race, but in many aspects of our life, is that the success will not be defined immediately after the event. And what you just said is we may not be able to define what success looks like by the time we get to noon on July 4th or even after we're doing our debrief on July 5th or July 6th. It's not until the end of the year and whether we're seeing people still talking about the race and at the starting line of other events or that they've changed how healthy of a lifestyle they now lead because of what the Peachtree Road Race did. That success is not measured just on one day. Right, you can measure your short-term success by noon on July 4th and say that was a great event. It really went off without a hitch. But you're right. I mean, it's looking at that race one year later and saying, hey, look, of our 60,000 people who ran last year, this many people are back to do it again. And we've seen them go on this journey year after year after year. And and maybe they did this in 2017 and in 2018, they lowered their time by four minutes or or they, you know, or they, they came to in training for Peachtree at one of the, the big peach running company locations and they and they you know added running into into more of their daily routine. So you're right, it really is a holistic approach to to running and walking. And, and Peachtree is Peachtree is the culmination of everything. Peachtree is the marquee event, but there's so much more that we want to accomplish uh, uh, from our from our participants throughout the year. Well, and, and we've heard it said in other podcasts and in other parts of personal development that an overnight success is many years of long, hard work. Mm -hmm. And someone who finishes the Peachtree Road Race for the first time, but they'll go back to work after the holiday and people will congratulate them and think, wow, you did it. It was almost like you were an overnight success. And they will think rightfully so, 
No. It may look like an overnight success because you're seeing the photo and I'm telling you the tale of what it was like to come into Piedmont Park. But I did what Jay said. I got out and I ran a number of times in incredibly uncomfortable humidity. I got up earlier than I ever have, more consistently, and now I'm gonna to continue to do that. In addition, it wasn't easy. And so looking at this photo with a smile on my face doesn't depict some of the pain along the way. So you're right, an overnight success or a success just at noon on July 4th is not nearly enough. All right, let's get into some things that quite frankly, others have a right to know, but most people aren't talking about. 60,000, world's largest 10K. We're so proud of that here in Atlanta, and we should be. Why is the number 60,000? You want the simple, boring answer? Yes. Because that's all that'll allow us to have on the streets. All right, come on. What do we know? <laughs> 60,000, why? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a small space. Even though it's 6.2 miles long, point to point, you can only fit so many people between Lenox and Peachtree and Piedmont Park. So 60,000 is the number that, that the local law enforcement and the national and state law enforcement has said, okay, we're comfortable with this number. Okay, so I'm going to push you on this a little sure. bit. Sure. I've been in Atlanta long enough to know that it hasn't always been 60. I remember when it was still less than 40. Right. So was that was local law enforcement was saying then? It was like, oh, we're comfortable with 35, but not 38 or 40. And then all of a sudden, one day we woke up and local law enforcement said, today's the day we feel better about another 2,500, another five. Right. How does that, how does that number potentially change? So it's certainly uh, the 40,000 number predates me, but I think as interest has grown in the race, the leadership here at the track club has pushed the envelope, pushed the envelope. And, and would we like to see 60,000? Would we like to see us exceed that number? Definitely. Right now, we're not there. We're, we're not able to, to go to police and say, we want to do 80,000 and, and be confident that they'll say, okay. I mean, because look, we're starting our race at 730. Um, and, and, and this actually plays into it. The race used to start much later uh, in its earlier years. So you start a race at nine in the morning in Atlanta on July 4th. By the time you get to those end waves, it's pretty hot. Mm -hmm. So that really plays into it too. So right now we're starting our first wave at 730. Our last wave goes off around, around nine. Uh, much later than that, and you start to really see some serious medical issues and have some real concern if the temperature gets, you know, in the 80s, 90s, as it often does here in July. So we'd have to probably look at maybe starting a little earlier as we add numbers. But we would love, I mean, there are no plan, immediate plans to increase 60,000. Uh, 60,000 is a lot of runners to handle for our small staff. Um, we're, we're thrilled that we get 60,000 people to run here every year. And we get, and the interest is obviously higher than that. We turn away thousands of people every year. Um, so, so we think that we could do more, but but uh, we want to find a way to do it safely. We want to find a way to do it. So all, you know, however many we, we go with, if, we, if it's 65,000, if it's 70,000, if it's 75,000, we want to make sure all of those people really have an A-plus experience. So we want to make sure that everything's in place. Right now we can accommodate 60,000. We can, we can safely say that the first guy across the line and the last person across the line are really going to have a great experience. We're doing everything in our power to make that happen. So we want to make sure that we're able to do that as we exponentially increase the number. Look, we're, we're getting close to the 50-year anniversary, so it would be really cool to do something special. So we're always looking at ways, as I said earlier, we're always looking at ways to make this 48-year tradition more exciting, uh, add enhancements while keeping the traditions that people know and love. So could we see it grow in the future? Uh, you know, I'd say it's a possibility. No immediate plans, but it's always something in the back of our minds here. So there it is. It's on record. No immediate plans. It's going to continue to be one of those events where demand outpaces 
supply, and that gives us some indication as to why. Not just local law enforcement that want to be mindful of how much space we have, but to your point, the personal safety of those who are out there on a day that is going to be warm, and we can only get people to turn up so early. If we start a race at 5.30, that may actually turn many people away, right. and having to go earlier to be mindful of the heat and humidity is something that the Atlanta Track Club rightfully takes very, very seriously. So you mentioned a small staff, and it's a really, really talented group of people. D2 and I have had the good fortune of working with a lot of your colleagues. Recently on your own podcast, and for those who do not know, the Peachtree Podcast, Jay is working with a number of individuals who put together this awesome indication of what is going to happen during the Peachtree Road Race, and more more importantly for many, what is happening around the Peachtree Road Race. It's every week. That's right. It can be downloaded on iTunes. That's right. It can be found with a direct link through atlantatrackclub.org. Mm-hmm. And so with your own Peachtree podcast and knowing that you're working with your colleagues, you had Lisa Tanner and Enrique Tomas on recently. Mm-hmm. For anybody who has not already heard, they ought to go back and listen to this interview. That's my first suggestion. But I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into not just Lisa, not just Enrique, not just Jay, but the entire staff. Mm-hmm. July 1st. Every year, it's a few days from the race itself. What does it look like for your team? And maybe you can speak personally. Maybe you can speak for those who you've interviewed. Maybe you can speak for Rich Kanawha, who's the executive director of the Atlanta Track Club and the race director. What happens on July 1 that nobody gets to know about you and your team? It's all hands on deck, as you might imagine. So we're a staff of 25. And and fortunately, it's not just the 25 of us. It's not even close to just the 25 of us who put on the AJC Peachtree Road Race. We have 3,500 volunteers volunteers that help us. So I never want to say that... It's just, it's just all of us here at Atlanta Track Club, us 25 uh, staffers carrying all that weight on our shoulders. But that's it. Right. It's, you know, it's, it, it becomes very busy. Well, now, starting now. Um, so what are you doing on July 1? If we walk in here, D2 and I walk in here and say, hey, we want to do a podcast, we'd get thrown out. Yes, like, not today. No way. We would be, we would politely. Politely <laughs> ask back sometime right. later in July. Okay. Right. So July 1, July 1 is the day before the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo opens. So you'll find half of, well, you'll find our staff divided in three places. We'll be in the park uh, working on setting up the meadow. Um, we have we have to get that ready for 60,000 people to pour into it. And you'll does that find, start on July 1 or is that even before then? It usually starts around July 1st or 2nd. Uh, okay. We can't we can't really take over the park much earlier than that. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, there are people here who have been doing this a lot longer than I have that have it down to a science. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but the, the starting line for the AJC Peachtree Road Race, if you go to the starting line at four in the morning, three, three in the morning on July 4th, you'd have no idea there's about to be a huge road race there. So they put that thing up in a couple of hours. It takes, takes a couple of days to get the meadow set up. The other third, another third of our staff is at the expo. So we're setting up an expo where we see about 40,000 people come through to pick up their numbers, interact with our with our partners and our vendors, buy official merchandise. Um, so that that's a, that's a huge undertaking. That's a two-day event. So there are a lot of resources there. And then there are people here just working on, um, on, on last-minute... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, bib switches or deferrals or uh, you know there are with sixty thousand people there are bound to be a number of questions people calling in how do I get to Marta uh, what wave am I in just things that you know that that the information is out there for people to find but the first thing they do is they pick up the phone and call us so the phones are really busy we're also working with a number of media requests on that day so our media team is working with national running outlets local media to find human interest stories um, you know because that's when you really start to see. Media Media partners like 11 Alive and 680, um, and this year with the national championships in town, national running media really start to ramp up their coverage. So now it's 9 p.m. on July 1. Mm-hmm. 
phones have stopped ringing. Most people aren't calling the Atlanta Track Club. They're emailing. They're emailing (laughs) and your inboxes are getting jammed up. Yep. What time are you getting to bed on July 1? What time is a majority of your team going to bed on July 1? (laughs) That's a a tough question. You know, I think that... You know, my team, the marketing team, is, is usually up as late as we can answering emails and Facebook and social media inquiries. We try to make sure that nobody's inquiry hangs out there for more than a couple of hours. So, um, you know, I think... That is awesome. And it's yes, tough to do. I mean, that's talking about the A-plus experience. Yeah, we really want people, that people have questions, we know that they want them answered right away. You know, you know how it is getting ready for a big race. You, want, you worry about every little detail. And if you don't know where to pick up your number or you don't know what wave you're starting and you panic, right? And nobody wants to panic before a race that they've been training for for 8, 10, 12, 16 weeks. So we try to get those answers to people right away. So I, I you know, from my experience, I know I'm usually up till now, one, two in the morning, those, those okay, couple so of days July before. 4th, your sleep is not going well. Yeah. What always happens, and July 4th is one of those things that a lot of races, they find a weekend on a calendar, they just stay there. The mm-hmm. cool thing about the Peachtree Road Race, it could be on a Wednesday, and right. then you know next year it'll be on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Some years it'll be during a weekend. Sometimes it'll be in the middle part of the week. So now we're on July 2nd, always the opening day for the Peachtree Road Race Health and Fitness Expo. That's right. It doesn't just open and the Atlanta Track Club shows up the same time everybody else does. What does it look like that morning of July 2nd, right before, or maybe long before in your case, the fitness expo is open to the public? Well, we start. It's, it's really unbelievable how it comes together. And, and, and personally, I don't spend a ton of time at, at the expo. I, I'm, I'm really uh, kind of anchored to the finish line and, and here for our uh, media operations. But it's really amazing to walk into that giant hall at the George World Congress Center a couple of days before the expo and then walk in there the morning before it starts. Um, it looks like, you know, it looks like an expo. It's, it's really incredible how it all comes together. And we have a, we have a dedicated team of, of expo staff who build the, build the booths that you see, who set up all the bid pickups. So we have to make sure that, you know, bibs one through 60,000 are separated and, and, and in the right place. Um, who set up you know the the route so you can get through there efficiently and and work with all of our vendors all of our vendors have certain load-in periods and it's orchestrated very carefully so nobody's stepping on each other or nobody's nobody's in each other's way while we're trying to get you know, merchandise in or cars in or uh, giant inflatable bouncy houses whatever whatever sort of things we have in there so it, it really is an incredible op- it's like setting up a rock concert right so, you so know you, and where it's equally as amazing like you mentioned 4 a.m on July 4th, mm-hmm. Lenox Square looks like it might on any right. morning at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Relatively quiet, not a whole lot of activity, and then boom, boom. all it's of a sudden really ready incredible. for the world's largest 10K. What does the Georgia World Congress Center look like on July 1 and July 2nd, and how long does that take to come together? It takes about uh, 48 to 72 hours to set it all up, and then we tear it down in about a night. Um, it's it's really crazy uh, how it you know how quickly it goes away. Um, but as I said, we start with a blank slate, and we come in there. You know everything you see from if you go to Atlanta Track Club's booth, for example, we have long tables and we have you know branded kiosks. All of that is built on site. It all happens in that very tiny window. All the planning is happening now. I mean, we're ordering backdrops and we're ordering signage and we're you know we're. we're choosing which vendor goes where, getting the layout done, all that's done now. And then so we can go in on July 1st, and June 30th, July 1st, uh, early morning of July 2nd, and just execute the plan that is in place and has been so carefully orchestrated. So there's a quick call out to the details. Mm-hmm. Seven, no, 11 to seven. That's right. Right, both days, mm-hmm. July 2nd, July 3rd. That's right. Georgia World Congress yep, Center. It's a Sunday and a Monday this year. Excellent. So. 
thinking about 48 hours of putting it together, tearing it down in a night. For those who have not been to an expo, it's an awesome production. It's such a great gathering of all things, running, walking, and kind of just a health and wellness-minded lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you know will be at that expo this year? that you would call everyone's attention. Yeah, what I really like about our expo, and, and you've been to marathon expos and big race expos, and you know there are, there are predictable things that you find at all of them, and, and we try to really make it a truly unique experience because this race is a truly unique race. Um, I love the Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, Family Fitness Center. There, we, we have batting cages from the Braves there. We'll have the Hawks Street team there, of the Falcons there, all sorts of things for kids to do, which I really like because that that's really goes towards our mission of really getting everybody running away. If you're 10, under 10 years old, you can't participate in AJC Peachtree Road Race. Uh, another thing that we're doing that's new this year, Shalane Flanagan's coming to run the race. She's the uh, uh, American record holder in the 10K on the road. She's got a cookbook out, New York Times bestseller called Run Fast, Eat Slow. She's going to be helping us raise money for Kilometer Kids as well. We're going to be doing a book talk and signing and meet and greet with her uh, on July 2nd at 6.30. We are selling tickets for that at atlantatrackclub.org. Um, all proceeds will benefit Kilometer Kids, and ticket comes with the ability to meet Shalane Flanagan, one of the most decorated female distance runners, well, distance runners across the board in, in uh, United States history, a uh, signed copy of their book, uh, the book that she did with her uh, co-author, Elise Kopecki, uh, and a We Are Atlanta Track Club Mizuno t-shirt, um, and a chance to, to, to meet the authors. So that's really exciting. Of course, Big Peach will be there we with Mizuno be. selling licensed merchandise. We will be doing a lot with our partners from Mizuno USA, also hometown proud, just like we are, where this is such an important event and a fun few days for us. But we think about the fun for us. You mentioned how we tear everything down the evening. Mm -hmm. And one evening, and that's July 3rd, we're probably out of the Georgia World Congress Center with everyone on our team by 9 or 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really have it down to a science as well where we can get torn down in a few hours. Right. But now it's July 3rd. The Health and Fitness Expo has concluded. You've left everybody, like Big Peach Running Company, to tear down their own goods and get moved out. What does it look like for the rest of the night? After all, by the time the Health and Fitness Expo is over, we're less than 18 hours away from the start. Now what happens? What does it look like at midnight on July 3rd? I remember at midnight on uh, July 3rd last year, and last year was my, my first year here. I've, I've been here about a year and a half. I was too nervous to sleep even if I wanted to. Okay. So I was sitting there on my laptop watching Facebook, watching social media, making sure that you know nobody was having any issues, making sure that there weren't any issues in Atlanta that I needed to know about, looking at the weather, um, going over the plan. My, my role on race day is, is media operations at the finish line, going over the media operations plan over and over and over again in my head. Um, so I think that that's really probably a similar story that you hear from everybody on staff, just kind of revisiting the area that they're responsible for on race day and just checking all the boxes, making sure that everything's in place so it can go flawlessly when those 60,000 people showed up, show up. Because if you realize you forgot something at 7 a.m. on July 4th, it's too late. So I kind of think about the G7 and mm -hmm. we've got all these <laughs> leaders who are responsible for so much have gathered together. That's the Atlanta Track Club and their key volunteers, I'm sure. All in a hotel somewhere or is everybody scattered? It's like, oh, we'll be back on race morning at Atlantic Square. It Where depends. Are there are some folks that stay in the host hotel, which is the, the Buckhead Ritz-Carlton. I, I live in Kirkwood. I stay at home. It's an easy drive for, for me in the morning to get to Piedmont Park at 3 a.m. Okay, um, that was going to be and I can 3 a.m. arrival. 3 a.m. You're on Facebook at midnight. Yeah, I don't Piedmont really Park in 3. Yes. So... 
why why even bother going to bed? Yeah, it's really it's really futile at that point. I mean, we're, you're on adrenaline at, on July 4th. By the time you get to July 4th, you're, you're pretty sleep deprived, but you're so just amped up from the energy that this race brings, whether you're working it or whether you're running it, that you make it through the day. It's, the crash doesn't happen until like 4 in the afternoon on the 4th. Now, I should mention that there are... Uh, key volunteers and committee members for this event who are out on the course at one, two in the morning. They're looking for things like potholes. They're looking for any sort of obstruction that could that could be a, a danger or a threat to our to our runners. Um, they're getting water ready to deliver. It's an all night operation getting that getting that course ready. So there are people that are starting working on that course and on the start and finish line at, at, at midnight, eleven o'clock. D two, I remember, and I think it was before we had the good fortune of having you on the team. We had a number of team members who were down on Crescent Avenue the night before. We had a kind of a sponsor party or what have you, and it gets to be midnight. And when you know Jay is is still you know in New York or wherever it was, I guess that predated this. We talked about your background in our intro. There is this decision that's made kind of on the spot. And it's not because we probably shouldn't have been driving in full disclosure. I'm not so sure that'd have been a good idea anyway. At the same time, it's like our cars are in these wonderful spots. We'll have easy access to them tomorrow, tomorrow morning. And we elect to run back at 1 a.m. to our store in Brookhaven. From Crescent Avenue. From Crescent Avenue. Right. And it was so cool to see exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Because even though there aren't a ton of people out, you can tell the people who are, mm-hmm. are working on fine-tuning and perfecting what the experience is going to be like. Not just at Lenox, not just in Piedmont Park, but literally every single step. And these are men and women who have been involved in this race for much longer than I have, much longer than most of our our executive staff have. These are people who know the AJC Peachtree Road Race in and out. They know exactly what to look for. Um, And and we're we're so glad that we're, we're fortunate enough to have them working for us all night on the night of the third morning the fourth to, to make sure that that course is perfect and ready to go so now it's perfect and ready to go what about your family you mentioned the crash <laughs> happens maybe around four o'clock i would imagine that's true for a lot of the atlanta track club team members mm-hmm. what about family time what does your holiday look like is there a holiday where there's barbecue and time on the river and all what does it look like for you and the rest of the crew around here as a holiday? <laughs> there are there are some folks that, that will leave the the younger the younger staff members are able to leave the park. We try to tear the park down um, and leave it the way we found it on, on July first or June thirtieth. So so we take care of all of that first. Pick up our trash, get rid of all of our uh, all of our booths and fencing, and then you know by the time that's done. Everybody's pretty exhausted. Uh, as I said, our younger staff members will, will hop in their car and drive out to the river and grab a six-pack and, and float the river. I, uh, I went home and, and I, I gave my kid a kiss and <laughs> handed him to my wife and, and collapsed on the couch. <laughs> See you tomorrow. There's, yeah. If, we're, if there's barbecue to be had uh, on July 4th for a lot of us, I think we're ordering it from someplace else. Or we're hoping we have family in town who's cooking it for us. Leftovers. Uh, yeah. Fifth or sixth. Yeah, exactly. Off. Exactly. And, the, you know... It, it doesn't end on the 4th. Um, we're back here on the 5th just looking at any issues that we may have had, sort of doing a, a post-mortem on what we, what we did right, what we can do better, because you, know, you can always do something better. Um, looking at results, making sure that we didn't have you know, uh, people in the results who shouldn't be there. You know? So uh, it continues well past the 4th. So it's really important that when we go home from that long day on the 4th to get some rest so we can come back here and hit the ground running on the 5th. And be free, fresh and, and recap. So one of the things that you did, maybe unknowingly, but it's so important and what I just want to say before we'll move on to a, another question one that perhaps has a little more seriousness to it 
But what I want to say is you do a terrific job. I think this organization does a terrific job of immediately calling out how much help you get. Mm-hmm. It's in every publication I see, thank yous to the Atlanta Police Department and to the mayor's office and just a long list of those who rightfully contribute and that you acknowledge. In addition, when we first started talking, you immediately said, look, just because we're staff at 25, don't think it's just us. We've got 3,500 volunteers. You've already called out men and women who are on the course, the same one that we ran backwards from Crescent Avenue at one o'clock in the morning, fine tuning every single detail. But I want everyone to know the personal sacrifice that the men and women of the Atlanta Track Club make, not just on July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd on those three days, but also on July 4th. Your husbands, your wives, your fathers, your parents, you obviously have family members who join you in giving up what is considered a great American holiday, very rightfully so, for the good of those of us who elect to do the race and be part of this great tradition. I so on behalf, on behalf of every publication, I. Apparently, I was recording. I was recording you, excellent. The whole everything you just said was transcribed. Good. Will you be able to play it back? (laughs) Not just Big Peach Running Company, but I would imagine the entire Atlanta running community. Thank you for that sacrifice that you and your team. Well, thanks for saying that, Mike. But but you know, we don't consider it a sacrifice. We consider it a fortune. I mean, we are so lucky to be able to be part of this event and to and to do a job that you know. I can say I've I've worked in a number of places, um, and, and everybody here truly loves what they do and feels very lucky to be involved, uh, not just in this event, but in but in the running community here in Atlanta. It's such a such a great running community, and to be able to to, to help people achieve their their running goals and dreams. Uh, so you know, our families are so supportive of us being away on July Fourth, but they, they also know that this job brings us such great joy and fulfillment. And and you know, for me, yeah, I'm exhausted on July Fourth, but I'm so, just so happy and fulfilled that I got to that got to be part of it and in such a big way. Very gracious. So I'm going to, I'm going to change the topic and I'm going to go to one that maybe isn't talked about very often, but nonetheless, I know everyone just recognizes as part of it. In April of 2013, the unspeakable and previously even unthinkable happened at the Boston Marathon. I doubt there is a race anywhere that is more patriotic and more reflective of core values in our great country than what we see at the Peachtree Road Race. And it's also the world's largest 10K, so you have tremendous numbers of people in a relatively confined space at the start and along a relatively lengthy thoroughfare that's popular on every single day and much a icon for the city of Atlanta all year long. Tell me about security. Tell me about what kind of preparations go into ensuring as much security as what we could possibly imagine, as well as things that maybe people don't know that are happening behind the scenes just to make us feel a little bit more comfortable so that we can focus on our race and on our trip down Peachtree Road. So we talked about you know, the measure of success earlier, and obviously one thing that's always first on our mind with every decision we make is the safety of our participants. Um, as you said, Boston 2013 changed everything. Um, the road racing has not been the same. Uh, major events have not been the same s- since that happened. Uh, we work with local, state, federal law enforcement uh, to ensure that this race is as safe. Say that again, local, state, and, and federal. federal. Yes. And roughly how many individuals or how many different agencies are you spending time with throughout the year? Dozens of agencies, hundreds to thousands of, of officers and individuals. I mean, th- this race this race is as safe as it could possibly be. Um, that is the one 
I guess, they, as you said, this is a 365-day-a-year event that we're working on, but we are constantly working on the safety of this event. Um, you know, APD is, is incredibly involved with everything we do. Um, Homeland Security, uh, the FBI, uh, 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 Atlanta Fulton County Emergency Management, all, um, all of us come together several times before the race, and we make sure that everything is in place to, uh, to ensure the safety of our staff, our volunteers, and our participants. Um, you know, we, we go over scenarios, we, we walk through different, um, different possibilities to make sure that we are prepared and not caught off guard if, if, if the unthinkable happens. Um, we, have a, we have a firm crisis plan in place um, for us to follow. Uh, should there be weather or some sort of other catastrophic event. We also have a, a, a communications plan that we push out to all of our, our participants, staff, and volunteers to ensure that they're aware uh, if there's any changes that need to be made or any important information needs to get out that they have it. So we, one thing that we, we really stress that everybody is familiar with before they come to the event is our uh, event alert system. You've seen it before. It's a color-coded system, um, and it's and it seems simple, but it really, you know, to communicate to, to sixty plus thousand people, you have to have a simple system in place. So we really go to great pains to make sure that that system uh, is 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 in place and that everyone knows what it means before race day. And that's not just in that's not just participants; it's employees, it's volunteers. Um, but as I said, you know this. We couldn't do this without without the help of, of local, state, and federal law enforcement. Um, they are as involved in the planning of this event as, as anybody in this building, um, and uh, and and they they put a lot of time and, and effort into to making sure that our plan is airtight. Um, and, and I, you know, I can say with confidence that it's a it's Atlanta's a safe place to be on July fourth. <laughs> so knowing that that's the case, and knowing that you're doing as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. We're going to switch gears and go from, you know, that kind of consideration, which quite frankly isn't that much fun to even think about, to other considerations like getting in this event and recognizing that there are ways that you've officially registered already and why there are so many people who are training. There are people who are now aspiring to get into the race. There are a few ways that D2 and I have talked about on previous episodes that are approved and are still going to garner someone an official entry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to review those very quickly. And then I'm going to ask you about those who maybe have elected to get into the race in not so approved means and what you might say as to how we manage that. So the ways that people can still get into the race, as you've heard D2 and I talk about on a regular basis on this particular podcast, right now our podcast payout does include an official entry to the AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Atlanta Track Club, as part of their Run for Kilometer Kids program since March, has been doing what is a charitable entry. It's $150, $115 of those dollars is tax deductible, and it includes a number of things, including an entry that makes for a real nice package, and quite frankly, D2 talked about it in our first episode, and it shows us your ability to take a special event and really, really make it special. And then thirdly, beginning on June 1st at Big Peach Running Company, but only 100 entries. So you're going to want to respond very quickly if this is going to be your means of having an official entry with our friends from Mizuno, $150 purchase of Mizuno gear at any Big Peach Running Company location will also 
include an official entry to the first 100 who respond to that offer. So those are three ways that you can officially get in. There right. may be a couple of others that come through other corporate partners of the race that you have. I don't know that you have any of those details right now. Yeah, we, we usually see some of our partners rolling out contests in the last couple of weeks, but but those are not guarantees. You have to, That's a game of chance. So um, so the three ways that you just mentioned are surefire ways to, to get in. If, if one of our partners roll out, rolls out a contest, you, you got to win the contest. Yep. This, you walk into any of your locations and spend $150. If you're one of the first 100 people, they hand you the entry. <laughs> so it's guaranteed. Um, so yeah, the, the options are limited as we get closer and closer to race day. But here's what we also know. We go to the expo. We're there both days. Mm-hmm. We see all of these dealings going on out in front of the expo where people are trying to trade numbers or sell numbers. There's a system that must be underground to some degree because I know that's not endorsed by the Atlanta Track Club as a way to get to the starting line. In addition, I know what I'll call as digital dealing is occurring where eBay and Craigslist and other websites or online possibilities have people who are selling, perhaps even trying to monetize their good fortune of having had an entry. What do you say to all these people who haven't done an approved method of getting an entry, but now are just committed to having one? So we do have an official bib transfer uh, system for this race. If you can't race on July 4th, you've got an injury or unexpectedly going to be out of town and you want to give your bib to somebody else, you can go to uh, atlantatrackclub.org slash Peachtree and click uh, bib transfer system. And that ensures that we know that Mike Constantino's bib is going to Dave Martinez and we'll transfer all that information over. Here's why we don't want people doing it any other way. If Mike Constantino gives his bid to Dave Martinez and Dave Martinez has an incident on the course and we try to call we try to call Mike Constantino's family, we're not going to be able to get a hold of the right people. It's a real safety issue. Is we need to know who's participating so we can so we can respond to anything that might happen on the course. If we don't know who's participating, it really leaves us uh, in, a, in a bad situation, and it leaves the participant who may be participating in an in a, in a un, unapproved or uh, um, unsanctioned way in, in harm's way. So, so that's our number one reason. So, and that's so forward thinking. There are so many races that don't have that service, and that's why I wanted you to call it out that people do have options. That people who have a number and now have elected to go out of town or somehow maybe find themselves injured, mm-hmm. they can do something that's fully approved. I love your term, fully sh- fully sanctioned. Mm-hmm and allows the safety that you take so seriously to still be entirely intact. Right. And then there, there, are, there are folks who run every year without, without a bib on, where they just hop on the So let's thing. talk about bandits. Okay, yeah. what is the perception from the Atlanta Track Club with the bandits? It, I would imagine it's really difficult to control when you think about a point-to-point course and the 50,000-plus spectators who are lining the course anyway. Right. It's, it is very difficult to control, but we are looking for those folks because we have resources uh, set aside water, uh, Powerade, um, uh, post-race fuel, T-shirts. You all know about the T-shirts for our entrance, for our paying entrance. And those numbers are based on the number of people we know are in the race. We had 2,000 people who jumped in without a bid. Now we're gonna now we're gonna be short on resources. And maybe somebody who paid and comes across after all those all those bandits isn't gonna get what they what they paid for. So you know that's that's just it's just unfair to the people who who entered the right way. Um, 
you know, we, we try our best to pull those folks off the course. As you said, it's impossible to track everybody, but we are looking and we are trying to put in, you know, new systems every day to make sure we're getting as many of those folks out of the race as possible. So I think the headline and, and the three of us could easily get on our soapbox and do a rant as to why bandits should not be on the course and why as human beings, we should all just be better than that. But I think it's important for everyone to know you're looking for it. We You've are. got all that law enforcement out on mm-hmm. the course. D2 told me a story before we, again, lit up the mic about seeing officers maybe every 10 to 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So it's not that easy to bandit this race. And I think people who think, oh, I can't imagine that anybody will even notice me. That's not true. For your own well-being, do not do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, we are, we are, looking, we are looking very closely for those folks. We, we, want them to, we want them to participate in the race. We really want as many people as possible to, to, if we want to do this race to, to join and, and be part of the party. We want them to do it in a way that, that doesn't, isn't a drain on resources for other participants and is also not a safety issue. That's awesome. Do not drain resources. Do not put yourself in harm's way. Okay, last question, Jay. You get a chance as someone who's in an advantaged position to observe. What do you think you're going to see, or what did you see last year that just put this smile on your face for whatever reasons, more the humanness of this event and not just the accomplishment of getting 60,000 people safely into Piedmont Park? You know, uh, so for me, last year was my my first peach trade, and uh, I, I've worked at a lot of big races, but I've never worked at a 60,000-person race. Um, and I've worked at a lot of big races with 40,000, 50,000 people in them, but they're not 10Ks. Seeing 60,000 people over 6.2 miles is incredible. I mean, it's mind-boggling. I, I just was not prepared for, for that sheer sight of, of standing on the broadcaster's booth at the finish line, looking up tent and just seeing a sea of people. So that was really cool, but that's an obvious answer. Uh, um, for me, you know, I am someone who has followed the elite side of the sport, the pro side of the sport for years. I'm a track geek, um, and I love watching the, you know, the, the race up front. Uh, what I really learned to love as much is the, the race everywhere else um, and, and seeing people coming down that last thousand meters when they make the turn and, and looking at the clock, recognizing that they're, I don't know, three minutes away from a PR and just giving it all they have. I mean, that, that, that sheer look of determination on so many faces for so many different reasons, it never gets old. Um, it's it's 60,000 people and it's 60,000 stories and, and they're all so fascinating and so fun to watch unfold. That's awesome. He is Jay Holder. He is the director of marketing for the Atlanta Track Club and he will potentially be in that broadcast tower on July 4th. He'll be looking for you and your family's faces as you come near that finish line. Take a look at him. Give him a wink. Let him know you had a good race when you cross. Jay, thank you again for everything that you're doing. I think a lot of people think, well, this probably comes together in June, and then it's this flawless production on July 4th. This is a year-round event for the Atlanta Track Club and for you, not just from a marketing perspective, but from a logistics perspective and certainly from a planning perspective. July 5th, we start working on the 49th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, and we're already working on the 50th. Man, that was super cool, D2. I will tell you, listening to Jay, and even though you and I are seasoned AJC Peachtree Road Race participants, there's a lot that I learned and and perhaps nothing came to mind maybe more powerfully than how much goes into this event alongside the race itself to hear some of the work that is being done to recruit elite athletes. Obviously, with kilometer kids and and, and special projects, that is so cool. And I had no idea, you think the details of managing the race 
would be complicated enough. But no, 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 the Atlanta Track Club doubles down and brings all kinds of other cool activities alongside it. How about you? Yeah, for me, it was a year-round prep. I mean, the, you know, the amount of work that all the individuals go into with all the volunteers, but all the staff members working with the different municipalities and law enforcement agencies to you know, ensure the safety and security of all the participants and the spectators, to me, that, you know, you know you, as a participant, you, you see the, the start, you, you, see you run the course, you get to the finish, you get to Piedmont Park, and you're kind of, you know, you're done. And you're not even aware of all the other work that's there, which just means that they're doing a fantastic job. That is that is so true. And I know we enlighten a lot of people today, and certainly our thanks to Jay Holder for allowing us to do so. So here's one thing. We're going to go to a quick break, but not before another trivia question. This time I'm going to give you a set of answers, but I'm not going to let you guess because we're going to a break, so we're going to let you think about it. We'll let everybody out there think about it and then we'll come back with the answer all right so here's your second trivia question you're one for one d2 this time the question is the official start of the ajc peachtree road race is signaled with what like i said i'm gonna give you four options i'll even put letters with them right it's the fourth of july so we'll make a a firecracker how about b like most races would it be started with a starter's gun c why don't we keep it simple and say it's a hand wave or d your final possibility given the fact that we're at Lenox Square might it be a church bell don't answer we're going to come right back we're going to give D2 and you the answer on this special edition run ATL podcast for the AJC Peachtree Road Race celebrate our nation's independence with a limited edition Peachtree Wave Rider 20 whether you run down Peachtree Road on July 4th or need some cool kicks to show your American pride these shoes from Mizuno will turn heads everywhere you go. Don't delay as they are going fast. Come into any Big Peach Running Company location or place an order online at BigPeachRunningCo.com. The limited edition Peachtree Wave Rider 20 will start shipping on June 1st. Big Peach Running Company is proud to be the exclusive run specialty store of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, where you can pick up all your race day needs and official licensed merchandise of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. And welcome back to this special edition of the Run ATL podcast where we are celebrating the AJC Peachtree Road Race with everything that we are doing. And before we went to the break, we asked D2 and all y'all a question about what is the way that becomes the official start of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. We gave you four possibilities, D2. We asked, is it a firecracker? Is it a starter's gun? Perhaps a hand wave or a church bell? So now, the moment of truth, what do you think it is? So I'm going to go with a, a start gun, just because I think every race starts off that way. And that's what you would think. I have no idea what the percentages are. In Atlanta or around the world, how many use a starter's gun to get things going? But that's not what happens at the AJC Peachtree Road Race. The answer is actually a hand wave. And the reason that they do the start with a hand wave is you think about 60,000 people and everybody all lined up, they actually do not want everybody to know the race has started. So this allows it to happen in an orderly manner. Those who are right there will see the gesture and they'll move forward. And now everybody moves forward as the people who are in front of them do. And they get closer to the starting line and then ultimately out onto the course. But now if you think about it, you can imagine all of a sudden the starter's gun goes off. You can hear it whether you're at the start line itself or perhaps a quarter mile back and everybody just takes off and starts putting it in to first gear and perhaps very quickly into second gear and it becomes pretty 
disorderly and perhaps even dangerous. So they do start the AJC Peachtree Road Race every single year with a simple hand wave. How about that for some trivia? And we have another question. This one, D2, is our podcast payout. We have a great question this week that ties very nicely into what we'll talk about for people who want to perhaps run their fastest AJC Peachtree Road Race. Yeah, so this question comes from uh, Kevin, and Kevin will uh, receive a free entry into the Possum Trot 10K and the AJC Peachtree uh, Road Race. So Kevin's question is, if you can only squeeze in one speed session a week when you are training for a half or full marathon, what would you recommend besides normal track workouts that can get a little boring when doing them week after week? So that's a great question. And the reason that we selected this is even though Kevin says half or full marathon, we can expand this very easily to any distance, including the 10K distance of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Because if your goal, if your objective is to get faster, one of the ways, as Kevin alludes to, is going to the track and and doing speed work. I'm with Kevin. I always found going to the track to be a little bit boring. And there were times that I absolutely loathed it. So here's, here's my suggestion for Kevin and for all of you who might find it to be uh, more exciting training for speed and training for whatever distance somewhere else. Fartlek. Sounds like a funny term. F-A-R-T-L-E-K. And what it actually means is speed play. So we think about getting rid of the doldrums that sometimes can come with speed work and just go into the track. Heck, what better term is there than one that means speed play? And here's how it works, and I'll tell you how I did it when I was training for full marathons when speed or getting faster or setting a personal record was the thing. What it is, is I would use five minute increments. And for four minutes, I would race at either race pace or somewhere between race pace and up to 30 seconds behind race pace. After those four minutes, 60 seconds, it was all out, full on. And it was as fast as I could go. And I would get that heart rate way up. But then the real trick to fartlicks, regardless of how long your session will be where you're doing one after another, is when you get to the end of that 60 second interval, is to not then slow down or walk or even submit to that desire to jog. No, instead, slow down from that all out speed back to what would be close to race pace. And there were times when I would do 30 minutes, which of course would be six all out increments. When I was really punishing myself, it would be a full hour where I would get 12 of those all out speed sessions. And then I would also have 48 minutes of a solid pace. So it can work for 5K, 10K, half or full marathon distance. You can do whatever intervals make sense. There's plenty of guidance out there online. Just toss in the term fartlek, F-A-R-T-L-E-K to your browser and you'll find out which one works for you. How about you, D2? How would you answer this question? So for me, it's been running on hills. Yeah, I found that that's where I gained my speed was was by uh, just running hills in general. Um, most people try to avoid them here in Atlanta and they're looking for the, the flattest uh, uh, you know part of town that's tough can to run avoid in. them. It is not too hard to find a good hill for hill repeats around here. <laughs> so um, so hill repeats, I would say, is, is start out with, you know, find a, a short hill, uh, whether it's in your neighborhood or someplace you can, you can have easy access to. Um, that's going to be a fairly steep, you know, hill, uh, something kind of either you know, moderate to, to very steep. And then you want to run about a mile just to warm up. 
and you know run whether you're running to that hill or whether you park in a specific area and then just warm up for, you know for about a mile um, and then what you want to do is you know just really attack the hill and run as fast as you can and then you know on the way down you just take it nice and easy kind of you know run down the hill and recover from it and then just go back up it again um, with you know, about the only rest you're going to get is if you're going to grab a bottle of water and 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 rehydrate in between um, repeats um, and what your goal is is try to maintain that first you know uh, time that you did up you know that first uh, repeat and you know try to minimize slowing down i guess if, if it gets to a certain point where you start slowing down quite a bit it's like back off and and and, and that you're, and you're done i would recommend starting out with maybe five for the first time and then gradually increasing it every week and doing an additional uh repeat so go from five to six and you know maybe until you're about 10 or 12 and that will uh, translate into speed because you're powering through those hills you're forcing yourself to work harder so you're going to see that generate uh you know faster times especially when you're on a flatter course uh and then just in general on any any race any distance that that is great advice and whether it's a fart lake or a hill repeat i love the expression that everybody wants to go to heaven nobody wants to die to get there so true and certainly in getting faster you have to be willing to pay the price and that may be a really high heart rate or a really tough hill but those two things will certainly do the trick kevin thank you so much for the question we doubled down he did as you said d2 get both a possum trot and an ajc peachtree road race entry and when this airs it'll be mid-june this is the last time that we can do this and that is give away an official entry to the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So if you have a question that you believe that D2 and I, as well as everyone listening, would learn from, send it to podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. That's podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. Send us your question. It might be selected as the podcast payout, and you'll get an official entry to the 2017 AJC Peachtree Road Race. It's one of only three ways, as we've reminded you before, that you can actually get into the event at this point. Go back and listen to other episodes or re-listen to our time with Jay Holder to figure out what those other ways are. D2, we're coming to the close of this special edition. This has been fun. Before we do, I just want to put you on the spot. If you had a first-timer shoulder-to-shoulder with you at the start line this year, and he or she were looking for just a little bit of guidance... What would you tell them? What would be that golden nugget? Uh, don't worry about time. Just have fun. And then when you're uh, you know, feeling like you're struggling a little bit, you know, go, go to the spectators. And you'll see kids out there you know, kind of wanting to high-five you. And, you know, high-five them. I mean, you will feel like a rock star. I mean, they're out there cheering for you. And I know I've been out there and have felt like an elite athlete uh, just based on the support from the crowds. And that's one thing we mentioned earlier. This is the 48th running this year, and D2 is so right. You cannot have an event that is the world's largest. You could not be around 48 years in a row if it wasn't also fun, if it wasn't designed to become a special memory. So make sure you take the time for that. So that's it. That's the end of our special edition Run ATL podcast. But we are not done for good. No way. Join us every two weeks for the Run ATL podcast. And hey, tell your friends about it. Heck, share the link. You'll see in the show notes that you can find that we have so much that we not only want to share with you, but we want you 
to share with others. And I'll say on behalf of D2, this is Mike Cosentino wishing you all the best at this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race. And we'll look forward to talking to you again very soon.